Welcome to the Irrelevant Podcast. I'm Nathan Jones with my co-host Alex Lewis, and this is everything and anything irrelevant in the world around us. Back for episode six today. Alex, welcome back. How are you, man? Hello, hello. Obviously doing well. Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. The question is, how are you being a new dad? Uh, let's been, see. What, for 48 hours? 48. Have you got any sleep? Uh, periodically, two to three hour stints usually, and then you hear this loud scream screeching into the crevices. Does it scare the shit out of you? Uh, it's not scary as much as it is just like, holy moly, good lord, you got a set of lungs on you, girl. Like, good night. Um, Interesting. Well, I mean, it's, it's only tool for survival, so. Yeah. She's going through this light therapy thing right now, too, which she absolutely hates. So they put her under this little blue light thing, and it's to try to like help her liver digest this bilirubin or whatever it is, bilirubin. I think that's what it's called. It helps it break it down so she can. I'd be suspect, bro. Excrete it. Uh, Everything we've ever been told about blue light is it's not good for you. So why? What? It's very low intensity, and I was like reading about it, and supposedly it helps her liver do what it, its liver can't do right now. So. That's like the one good use of blue light. Like it'll completely wreck your sleep and ability to oh, have yes. like a normal circadian rhythm, but it can cure your liver. Yeah, supposedly. Cause like, that's what they said. As soon as she puts her under, uh, like every time we roll her underneath it, she just absolutely goes ballistic. Like, I feel like that's a sign, right? Like, yeah, well, that's so that's our natural response to blue light. Maybe we should cut that shit out. Yeah, it's really hurting my wife. My wife's like, why can't we just take her out into the freaking sunlight and just hold her in the sun and like get her some of that actual good stuff and like take her on a little bit of a walk? And I'm like, that's probably completely wrong. Allegedly. Right? I don't feel like it is, though. And I, I don't think you do either. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I'm playing devil's advocate right now. Yeah, it's just really hurting my wife's feelings right now. It's like she's just because it so she's just like. Let's just go outside. <laughs> Let's just go outside. Well, they won't let you take the kid outside at all. No, they won't let you. Can't you can't What's take? What's gonna happen if you go outside? I would imagine they'll call the authorities or security on you because you're. I just mean like, what is there? Why is there not a lot? I guess there's probably a lawsuit or something. Yeah, she's not been right? discharged yet. So actually, my wife has been discharged. Like she can go wherever she wants. We can we can come and go as we please. But like the baby has not been discharged and. Her records right. have not been formally given over to us yet, essentially. So technically, she's not, not even, even your kid not yet. even ours yet. I don't think. Yeah, it is a little creepy. So she's okay though. She's. It's really funny, like to watch this baby interact though, and she's already like manipulating mom a little bit, and she's because like she'll go into the blue light, and then she All realizes. Yeah, she realizes, like, oh, God, I hate this, so I'm going to scream really loud so then mom will grab me. And then mom grabs her, and then she goes right to sleep. Like, no problem, just goes right to sleep, and then you try to take her back over and put her under the light immediately. Boom. So it's, like, that's just cool. Like, it begins the, the drowning out of the crying. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. Like, it's just really, really cool. I don't know. Being a dad's weird. Holding your kid for the first time was really weird. It's just like, holy moly. Uh, There's a human life in my hands that I created. I don't even know if I can take care of a fish. Ah, you could do it. You're resilient <laughs> enough. You could figure it out. I mean, I could figure it. I can figure anything out. That's, that's all that, I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's, that's, that's what everybody's doing. 
Lee my, knows what's going on. Yeah, my wife's like, all right, let's change your diaper. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> like, it's just... Fold it like a burrito or what? Like... No. Then def- end over over? The, like, I don't know. The swaddling thing is really hard. Like, I can't swaddle very well. It's always a blast. Skills to learn, I guess, huh? Yeah, man. Take it as a challenge. Take it as a challenge. But it's good. Otherwise, it's inconvenience. Yeah. Raising a human life. That. Quite an inconvenience. <laughs> From an efficiency standpoint, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sets people back a little bit, I feel like. A little? It's only like, what, 300 grand or $250,000 or something crazy for their lifetime. Yeah, easy peasy. Walk in the park. Walk in the park. Yeah. We were already looking at what our income is going to look like, and we're just like, dang. Just to have insurance on her is like, cool. My wife loses quite a bit of money off her paycheck, but it covers it pretty well. Anyway. Enough of my child. What what's going on in your world? <laughs> I'm tired of the child. I'm just oh. Sitting here trying to wait for a powerlifting meet. First time I've gotten out of the freaking hospital and got away from this crap. So I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. No, you don't want to talk about it. Nice. Uh, it's just stressful because I know my wife's stressed out about it. It stresses me out. But powerlifting meet one week away. Ten days. Ten days. Oh, it's during the middle of the week. Saturday. Oh no, yeah, because today's—I don't even know. Today's what? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Okay, yeah, there we go. We are in the middle of the week. I don't know no, where. I don't know where I'm at. Yep, ten days. No ten. more. Well, I have a speed day on Sunday. Ten days. The day. lift of the. Call it the. The uh, the eighty percent lift looked fast as crap. Yeah, it was fine. Challenging. What did you notice about deadlifting in the singlet? Anything? It's slightly more comfortable than everything else without a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking socks are stupid. I don't know. Yeah, the socks look weird. I'm not going to lie. They crack me up. I don't even get close to my shins, but you know, everyone thinks you got to pull the bar up your shins. And I guess if I have sumo. Well, the bar comes away, comes back out anyway. Like, I don't know why I don't like it moves away from you anyway. Well, like my client on sumo block poles today tore his shin open. I don't know how. He just rubs it up his leg. He doesn't. I don't know what they're doing. And like a sumo is really more of a squat, so you are pretty vertical the whole time. You don't really like when I pull conventionally. I get a lot of knee flexion. Right. I don't ever tell kids to actually like hinge or do anything with a sumo. It's always just like, hey, squat the bar up. Like we're gonna right. squat the bar up or not? You wedge right, and you get here. Yep. Keep the head up. Keep the chest up. Squat the bar up. I don't, I don't have to keep the head up. Really? No, there's a cool thing, dude. You should try it. Stand up. And if you pick your head up, crack your glutes as hard as you can. Start to bring your chin down to your chest. Tell me what happens with the contraction. Probably gets harder. Oh, it does. <laughs> so if we are using what to finish the movement? Probably need that to not look up at the ceiling then. (laughs) Not to finish, definitely not. Yeah, to start maybe. I think I can see where there's some value in maybe in the beginning because I think it helps people understand this hinging, this wedging motion, right? Yeah. Get your torso up and starts tilting you back. But no, if the the movement finishes in hip extension, then having your head up as you contract the glutes is not going to be the most optimal. 
I always notice that, yeah, it helps kids kind of get into the position and like helps them understand like, Hey, we got to keep our chest here in this position to start so that we actually don't like just round our back over. Cause a lot of them will just lose their back first, like the middle of their back. So if you tell them to keep their head up, keep their chest up, it seems like they lose a lot of that rounding and it, it keeps them in a better position to pull from. It's like the idea is to get your spine here. This right. is going to be the easiest way to load the spine heavy, right? The more we get here, harder that gets. Yes. But if your arms come down here, rotate like this, stand up. Yeah. Yeah. I never feel that. I, I don't know. I always. I can't ever really get my chest to the position that I want people to get into, or I feel like I can't get to that spot, or I don't pull as good from that spot, it seems like. But. Spar, what do you mean? Don't get your shoulders set down and back. Yeah, that's probably my weakest link to my deadlift is trying to get my shoulders in a good position. And those uh, pails and rails I do on that rickshaw thing we have at the gym. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Ripping my limbs off. I know. Like when I pull pull up, I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, you probably use a trap bar, huh? I do. Yeah, I have to use a trap bar. But I have a little six rack? inch box. You put it in the rack? I've done that too. I like the trap bar better, I think. Do you have... Deadlift straps or figure eights? Yep, I do. Make sure you use those so it just like really pulls you out of range and you have to move. Yeah, almost feels like your shoulders are going goodbye. <laughs> that should help and then don't notice a difference. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I need some more thoracic rows. Um, Those have been going pretty good too. Feel better on those, stronger on those. You're doing them with the band though, right? Yeah, I have a, well, I got a new lat pull-down machine, so. That's the complete wrong direction for thoracic. No, no, I've got, yeah. it's got the lower attachment, though, is what I'm saying. It's got both oh. attachments. It does have both, like the lead FTS one? Yeah, so I can pull, I can pull with that line with that thing, too. It really works well as if you use your bench on an incline, and you put your hand on the bench, so it's up a little bit. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. I've never tried that way, but yeah, I can see how that would work really well. I was actually looking at the biomechanics course for Min 1 today. I was like, this might be something worth really investing in and just making sure. really like to get the money to pay for the programming course in September for my birthday present to myself. Yeah, <laughs> the programming course? I thought they already it's had both a... programming courses and the, they're practical. I thought they already had a programming course. They have two now. Oh, okay. This is, this is a different one. I was about to say, I thought you took one already. Yeah, no, there's a second one and a practical. Jeez. <laughs> Those people are never ending, always learning, always applying. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's that's good. By the way, I have an affiliate link, so if anybody wants to sign up, help a brother out. I can give you a link. Help me. I help you. You know, those things. To give them a discount? I don't think so. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> well, you just ruined it. No one's signing up now. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to buy it anyways, just, you know, buy it through me is all I'm saying. I probably will, just FYI. So I was looking at it today. I was like, man, I've got 24 hours to kill. Might as well just knock out. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it works because I've not had anybody do anything with it yet, but I, I did become an affiliate. There you go. How does that process work? You just take enough of their uh, stuff. Just, they're like, here you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know. They, I'm fortunate enough that they offer me shit all the time, and I just always say yes. You're also a good promotional tool, I feel like, with them being like right there. 
mean, it probably doesn't hurt, but I don't have as many followers as like most of the people that go to those things. Uh, no. Are they looking for the influencer mold or is that who they really want to try to no. just anybody and everyone? They're just trying to get good education out to people. Yeah. Kaz just likes to tell people that they're doing shit wrong and likes to give them the better option. He's a highly intelligent human being. That's for sure. Be ridiculous. Yeah. Where did he get his start? Like what was his, how did he, I mean, how long has N1 been around? Really uh, they kind of started back in Florida. Well, I think N1 started in like 2018. Okay. They worked, I believe, at MI40 with people before that in Florida. Okay. So they they primarily just been working with bodybuilders for a long time? Well, I don't know. Miller used to be like the strength and conditioning coach for the Dodgers. Oh, wow. Like the Mizzou Tigers. Oh, really? Hmm. He's from Missouri, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, which one's he? The... One nobody knows of because he doesn't he doesn't put himself doesn't out have, there. Yeah, he just likes the numbers. He's ridiculous. He's like probably one of the best powerlifting coaches in the world. Really? Holy cow. Yeah. I told him I was like, if I like this whole powerlifting thing, can I just hire you to program for me? <laughs> you can't afford me. <laughs> Dude, he, I looked it up. He's done like five meets or some shit like that. At one ninety eight he totaled almost eighteen hundred. Holy crap. <laughs> He was competing against John Hack one time, and John like grabbed the bar crooked, just finished the deadlift. Oh my gosh! <laughs> does he give away a lot of what he does to people, or is it a lot of what the in one talks about, or is he more pretty secretive about that kind of stuff? No, he uses those principles in a powerlifting or body. I mean, he coaches a lot of bodybuilders. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Powerlifting is like his niche or what he enjoys. How would you describe like so? In one is not. Don't don't panic, everyone. They're not conjugate, but don't panic. <laughs> what would you describe like? Wh- what is co- like? What are most in one programs? They're pretty. They're for the most part pretty linear, or they're pretty blocked out. It seems like we use more of a block type approach, right? But they do a really good job of like explaining transitions too. So it's like if you've been on this block for this long, this is probably what your body needs, and this is what you should maybe shift your programming to, but. I haven't taken the programming course, so like, do they lay that out and map that out pretty well as far as like, hey, this is kind of what... Well, yeah, you have to understand how many different stimuli there are. Right. And you have to understand which one you're trying to target. Like, if you get really deep into it, there is like overlap. So like, nothing is just going to be solely this or solely that. Well, the people really only think that there's three types of stimuli. three categories yeah but that's what they only think there is you know what i mean they're sub they don't understand the sub branches of that and i didn't either until i like actually did some deep dive right so slides that we can share um so yeah you have like uh so like Stimuli would be like, is it a hypertrophy stimulus? Is it a neurological stimulus? Is it metabolic? But then you have like the adaptations that those stimuli create. That's probably what changes differently. Mechanical damage is a different adaptation than just like a neurological coordination thing, but there's still going to be coordination involved because you're doing a movement. Right. Right. A metabolic adaptation happens with certain parameters, like less muscle damage 
and limiting thing being oxygen and had too much blood flow. So getting a good pump is usually more of a metabolic stimuli. The adaptations they create are going to be different too. So this makes sense. Like the way I'm prepping, everyone's like, you're not lifting heavy. Well, no, but every day I'm doing something that involves high intensity neurological training. I don't take a day off from that. Right. You know what I mean? With the... What did I end up doing today? Almost a full minute of nothing but max effort work, which when I go to perform on the platform will maybe be 90 seconds of that. In the form of what? FRC. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people don't understand that you can incorporate max intensity through FRC work, pails and rails. Well, yeah. Pails and rails are isometrics. So yep. you can most definitely, not only can you incorporate intensity, it's the highest level of intensity. You can literally not create more force than you can against an isometric. Mm-hmm. I don't think absolute isometric strength is the highest form of strength you can have. I don't think people see. I know people don't see those as a, a, a max intense isometric, though. They don't see them in the same category as like an overcoming isometric. You gotta feel it. Yeah. Well, it's, you're not overcoming anything. There is no overcoming. Like, you just push as hard as you physically can. Yeah. But I think when people think of isometrics, they think of a lot of those like um, overcoming, like an overcoming one where they have a barbell on a certain sticking point or something like that and they're pulling against pens or something like that. That's what people mainly associate well, isometrics no with. This is just at your end range. So if you're looking at something like the strength profile of a muscle, which is generally a nice bell curve, mm-hmm. right? Or the middle of the muscle is the strongest. Well, you're taking those ends of the bell curve and you're maximizing how much tension you can drive through those end ranges right? and how much control that develops. So what do you think that probably does? Just raises the entire bell curve. Right, right. right. I'm just saying from an outside. If, if you're, yeah, I know. If you're increasing where you're weakest, which is end range of motion most of the time, right? What is going to happen to that middle range? You're just going to have more control. Has to get better. End, yeah. And you're going to be able to create more force. Yep. Because you have more tissue you can use. Now. I think it was cool. Actually. I had a wrestler that was dealing with some sciatic stuff uh, all through football and kind of had a hamstring injury and. Um, was having some hip pain and things like that. And then he went into wrestling season and um, we really, I mean, I told him, I was like, I just want to get you back to a level where you can function again, you know, like, cause he was having hip pain in the morning when he would wake up. Um, he couldn't hardly sit down just to even eat his breakfast, things like that. And so like, I would say from December through March wrestling season, we just really, all we did was FRC work. Like we just completely incorporated FRC Tried to get him to where he was like pain level was back to being non-existent. Felt like he could move and control his hips a little bit better. Basically just rewire his body, it seemed like. And then like once wrestling season was over and he came out of that and we actually got him to a level where he felt confident again to get back under a bar or to at least like a pull a bar or something like that. Like we didn't lose any strength. He, he was telling me like some of the numbers he was at prior to the injury and things like that. And like we were at if not exceeding pretty much all those levels again. So it's like, oh, okay, well, there was a there was a way that we incorporated FRC without ever having to put him under a barbell or doing anything like that. And he didn't lose anything and actually probably gained. And now he feels better and can perform better in his sport. So 
pretty cool. I mean, I just that's just one example I've seen where like I, you can use it as a tool. Like people automatically assume to get people stronger, you have to get them under the barbell, and it's like, well, they have to feel better internally before they can actually express themselves externally again. And his thing was like, he was just fearful of being hurt again. And like managing pain was a big thing for him. Like we had to get him back to a level to where he felt he wasn't going to get hurt if he was lifting a weight again. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, well, that's, I mean, I use it mainly for a neurological thing first. Once you gain enough neurological control, I think you can have different adaptations to the joint considering I had a shoulder that liked to come out of its socket right. and no longer does. That's something changed there. Pretty cool. For sure. Pretty cool. Pretty fascinating. But like when I'm telling people, well, you're not lifting. And I'm like, I have to think about it. If I remember correctly, what I remember learning was a muscle takes like up to three weeks to fully recover or longer than like your average burn. So if I stopped lifting heavy two and a half weeks ago or so, like I stopped, my last heavy lift was 24 days before the meet. Right. So that would give my body three weeks to let the muscles fully recover. And I'm still stimulating the nervous system at a maximum intensity 66% of the time. Right. So you every off day, like my actual workouts were lighter than less intense wise. So the muscle logically muscle gets a break, but the brain still gets stimulated the way it needs to. The nervous system still having to put out extreme force. Right. It's just at the joint. (laughs) Yeah. Like at the worst points possible. Yep. Yep. Where you're the weakest. Yep. All the muscle that is strong in the middle is actually healing. Adaptations take, you know, anywhere from one to three weeks to occur. Right. Everyone looks at me like I'm fucking crazy. Like, oh, you're taking, you're not training heavy? Like, oh. Got to give that, got to give that (laughs) tissue time to recover every now and then. What is it? Speed, they say, and like explosive strength has to be trained every five days. Yeah, I think that's the the time period. The the dealer or what is it called? Uh, I have a speed day, which is nothing but squat, bench, and deadlift for speed reps. Sunday before it, so six days out. Should be fine then. Judging by all the science. Like, I don't think people understand the, the game is recovery. The game is not how much stimulation can I get. Nope. How much stimulation can I recover from? Right. So, the whole point is to feel good, not to feel like shit. Well, people always ask me, like, why do you rotate things on a on a like a three to six week basis? And I'm like, well, that tissue has to like chill out for a little while. We can't just keep pounding, 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 pounding on it. Like, it's got to take a break at some point. <laughs> can't just keep hammering it. Rotate? What are you rotating? Exercise. Are you rotating stimulus? Are you rotating? Like exercise, but like uh, like different exercises. Like we'll just, we like bring up a capacity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or like we pound somebody's hamstrings for a while. And it's like, okay, we need to back off a little bit. Focus on something else. Bring that up. Kind of rotate back and forth. You know what I mean? Depending on how bad it is. Why, why do you believe that has to be? Um, I think... I don't know. It just, I guess with kids, you don't really have to. Cause like I do a lot of kids. So we just basically, we're doing everything all the time, all at once. <laughs> like we're just build, building everything cause they need to build a huge base. But like you can see at some point kids start to like hit a wall. Like if you just 
anywhere in that like four to six week so range. Is that hitting in the wall because of the stimulus or because of the exercise, you think? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say maybe a little bit of, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe it's just because they're like tired of the exercise. So mentally they check out too. They're just like, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm not going to. Well, or could it be like you're, you're generating a stimulus, right? And all that adaptation occurs because of that stimulus. You don't necessarily have to change the exercise. Right? Especially if you're using something like FRC that's constantly changing the internal environment, there should be absolutely no adaptation that is happening. Right. That stuff doesn't really change for us. Like, I shouldn't say no adaptation. It should be, there should be no accommodation that is happening. Right. Accommodation is an internal factor. I would say that our FRC work doesn't change. It's more of like the actual accessories. I understand that. But if you're gaining more range of motion consistently, even if it's a half of a degree, accommodation is not possible to happen no matter what the movement is when you externally load your body. Mm. So you're so saying that like... Are they accommodating to the movement or are they accommodating to the stimuli? I got you. I see what you're trying to say now. What you should be programming the body to do is to adapt to specific stimuli for a specific reason. Now that has to go in waves. Right. But you only have dumbbells or you only have kettlebells or you only have barbells or you like you have limited equipment. That doesn't matter if you understand the stimuli. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the powerlifting mesocycles I have are literally the same shit for like six months. Yep. Movements barely change. And they change to get more specific to just the shitty barbell movements that everybody does. And like, you don't accommodate to that stuff. Right. Like I'm fucking 32 and I'm not sitting here with a bunch of injuries. Right. I've been using a barbell for six months after not using it for two years. Right. I have, Absolutely. I've only gotten better with it. Not injuries, right? Right. So that takes away, like, you don't need the fancy equipment if you understand stimulus and how to create adaptation. So you're saying that the FRC will stimulate, like, if you were doing FRC consistently, it's going to change the stimulus consistently with what you're doing. It's going to change your active range of motion. Right. So because you're so gaining those your degrees body, of freedom. by efficiency standards, will keep whatever you use most of. If you're doing cars daily, it's going to keep more than if you're not using them. Right. Right. You're rewiring the nervous system to be able to handle different amounts of stimulus at end range and increasing that over time. Right? What are you going to have more control of? Everything. Everything. Right. Right. So then if, <clears throat> say you couldn't use a barbell before, now you have enough external rotation. Cause like I couldn't get to a low bar squat and I'm not there yet, but I'm probably like halfway down my back. Whereas I was nowhere fucking close to it before. Right. Like the only reason I notice it is I will pull that thing on my back as hard as I can. And I notice it's getting lower and lower. And like, it changes the physics of the squat a little bit too. Sure. Right? Sure. So I've noticed that a little bit, and now it's it's like a hybrid. It's not a low bar by any means. Yeah, I can't. But I'm not a I'm my not a fucked low bar up shoulder that couldn't well. externally rotate. Well, now all of a sudden I can get the bar deeper down my back. Right. So like even just doing the barbell over the month, it's changing. Right. 
So you don't even have, you really don't have to change the exercise then because it's just, it, your body's not changing. Not if you understand how to change the stimulus around it. Right. Like if you can manipulate sets, reps, tempos, accommodating resistance, right? All those things are going to, like Louis was a master at changing the stimuli because he understood like, oh, the chains are going to have this resistance profile. So if I do this every three weeks, right, he didn't know that you could manipulate the inside of your body way we know now right so by changing implements or by changing resistance profiles it was working different parts of those ranges of motion still doing the same movement though yep right yep but if you don't have all the implements well you can still stimulate internal changes to allow you to get better with those implements that you do have right so the exercise doesn't really have to change it's just more of how you manipulate how you're doing it well like like what you said, sets, reps, tempos, things like that. Hold on, there's what are what are I there's literally what do we do? We're gonna squat something, we're gonna press something, we're gonna do a pulling motion, we're gonna hinge, we're gonna carry, we're gonna jump, and we're gonna sprint. Right. That is it. <laughs> don't tell people that they'll get mad don't tell people that's all you do don't tell that's the influencers over and over and over and uh, over i know and over right again, yeah right? yeah and you can progress it from like a goblet squat to a barbell back squat to a front squat if you really want to you're still squatting though <clears throat> you are still squatting. you are still squatting correct so I like how much change is really happening even if you change the implement Probably not a not ton. Not a ton. It's more of, I think it's more of just a coordination thing, like a, a technique sure. skill well, thing. Well, I mean, you're using different ranges of motion. Right. Right. Or right. like with accommodating resistance, the resistance profile is changing, make it easier or harder in different spots. Right. Right. You're loading tissue differently. Right. With like kids, you go from a goblet squat to like a front squat right. to a back squat. Those are all different, but they're if still. We think about FRC as baseline strength training because isometrics are the baseline. And we realize that. You have a bell curve. Right? Yeah. It's high up here that this every exercise like hits this part of the tissue really well, but nothing really hits here. Well, if FRC is hitting here, your squats are hitting here. You're getting it all. Yeah. Oh, and if you're creating adaptation, these things are changing, right? Like right. part of the FRC thing is stretching to your end range. So right. you have a little bit new area to try to work with. That all of this though definitely requires buy-in and effort effort is the big one like you have to work hard at those intensities to make things happen you know what i mean like well, if, the frc like most people have to learn how to work that hard right they don't know how to do it in the beginning like that's why i say i use it mostly for neurological because i don't know i've been using it for almost two years and i've had great success but i knew how to try right there's anything i've been good at in my whole life is i know how to try yep <laughs> well that's what kids side of that Kids, adults, I would just say anybody, new trainees in general, new athletes in general, that is the, that's the biggest thing people have to learn is like, you have to try hard, like try to fail. The other shitty thing is when you can't feel it because you don't have good neurological connection to that area because you don't do these things, you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Hey, wait, why is my, think about it. Like, why is my calf contracting? Why is my calf contracting? Why is my hamstring contracting? I'm like, that's not where it's supposed to be contracting. You'll figure it out eventually, but. If you focus, though, you have to create, like, you're creating pathways. Yep. Yep. That's what you have to tell people and explain people, like, hey, I need you to really focus on contracting this area right here. Like, we have to really, really, this is, these aren't just like, hey, we're just stretching. Like, you got to focus when you go through this stuff. 
I mean, people get crazy results with it, but I think we're really just unlocking what you already had. Make actual changes takes even longer, I think. Right. Because the brain's just... And like, Shivers even says, like, the professional athletes he works with, he'll give them cars to do, and he'll give them these things to get new space. And even still, because they're so highly specified, they just, the joint only remembers what it wants to remember because it gets used so often. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It's like a never-ending game. Yeah. That those pathways have been so hardwired that they're just still lacking, like, foundational things. Right. That's why I have been trying this, like, well, if I have an active recovery routine and I'm hitting all these things regularly, is that enough to change things? Or just maintain? Well, I don't know. My shoulder's been getting better. But yeah. I also use it as a warm-up. I'm activating the areas that I'm about to use. I, I have significantly noticed EFRC. like external rotation capacity going up. Like in my right side from like all the years and abuse and torture I've put over it. Like I it's been night and day different as far as what I can and can't do with my right arm now. So have you tried throwing? I I have not. Not like I think it's more from like a throwing fitness standpoint. It's like I could probably only throw like five pitches and be done or something. But like it, I can like pick up a ball and toss it around and feel fine now. Like I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, I can't throw a baseball. Like I know based on what I've been doing, I can still, if I want to now, go out and play catch for an hour, whatever. You know, it wouldn't hurt me at all. So that's a big deal. Most people can't do that. It is a big deal because if I have a child that's going to hopefully want to play sports, and if we want to play catch eventually one day, dad still has to be able to throw a baseball or a softball at this point. I guess it's softball now. So, <laughs> but yeah, People look at that as being selfish, taking care of yourself. That the, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, my wife and I have already <laughs> made... We've already pledged and made this huge commitment to continuing to make sure that we are in the right place so that we can help her be in the right place. Lead by example. Literally the least selfish thing you could ever do. Yeah. We're going to lead by example for sure. So my wife's already talking about like postpartum workouts. She's like, what do we do? I'm like, I actually have no idea, honey. I'm going to have to do some research on this stuff. Horror activation for a little while. Yeah. I was like, I don't think we need to be doing a whole lot of like strain. Like she can't strain for six weeks is what the doctor said. Right. I'm like, that's fine. But we can walk. We can go on walks and stuff. So you will level isometric. Yeah. Let's just get her base back up. Let's get some cardio going. I'd have her lift. So that's just me. <laughs> you would? What would you do? Let's hear it. Let's talk. Let's she was like, hey, you should ask Alex. Like, just Damn. ask him. Yeah. Those are always fine. Do body weight movements. Yeah. I thought bands would be fine. I can brace really hard. Yeah. They say don't strain. Well, if I was doing like FRC, I'd be like, well, let's try 50%. Yeah. I told her, I was like, I don't really think there's going to be like, I was like, if you're ready to go like back to the gym, like go back to the gym. I'm not going to, I said, we'll be careful. Percent is like a warm up. So, yeah. I said, I'm not going to ask you to get under a max effort barbell day one, honey. Like, you just did that. <laughs> like, we're good. Yeah, but I don't know. You could do regular movements, I feel like. I think she'd be fine. Again, this is just doctor protocol being extra cautious, extra safe. So they don't want to get sued. Man. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. But we're not extra cautious and extra safe around here. So, well, it's just like, what the fuck did we do thousands of years ago? We just didn't do like. Yeah, we just existed. We got to this point somehow. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
I think she's already pretty resilient. Like I told you, the epidural right. thing was pretty cool. <laughs> like when they were trying to put the epidural in, and right. the, they were like, "Yeah, you're back. Like you must be really strong and like an athlete because like your linen, ligaments and tendons are very strong, and it's like hard to get this needle in." And I was like, "That's kind of cool." Right. Because they'll actually yeah. change and adapt when you put heavy loads on it. Believe it or not. That's. I mean, stress creates adaptation. What is that? Davis's law? No. Yeah, Davis's uh, law. Yeah, it's Davis. Davis's Wolf's law. law is about the bones. Wolf's law is about the bones. Yeah. Are we? Are we? Uh, are we ever gonna get a, a copy of that wonderful seminar that you put on? Whatever happened here? Are we ever gonna see that exist? I don't know. I think it's on my Google Drive. Okay, I was just wondering about that the other day. Want a copy there. of it? Huh? Like, I would like to hear it over and over and over again. Turn it down. <laughs> throw it in the. Throw it in the fire. Ah, no, that was good. That was a good time. When's Seminar 2.0 coming out? I don't know. Powerlifting. That was, was a lot. Well, probably when I have my own gym. Powerlifting Seminar 2.0. Here we go. Powerlifting Seminar. I'm not going to give out a powerlifting seminar. Eh, maybe after you go through this meet, you might talk about your competition prep. That's one meet. Like, whoopie fuck. Yeah, but I'm not even gonna be good at it. Like, but, let's be real. Maybe you said that people said they always feel like trash when they lead up to their powerlifting competition, and you don't. So, hey, man, I've been telling people I can make them better physically for a long time, and they choose not to believe it because I don't know why. They don't realize it's a game of physics. They don't want to pay I, you. Not a game of like, and I do it. They think they can find the information for free. I mean, you can. It just, you know how long it took me to put together all this information <laughs> to make a system that's effective? 13 years. 13 years, people. Yeah, roughly. I'm not even to that level yet, so I'm still learning. And I've only been in the game for like two years, so. I mean, like, I don't know. It's, uh, if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. I can't force anybody to do it. Nope. Can only control my actions, that's for sure. I know one thing is consistent. Every person that's actually bought in and done it has told me how their quality of life has improved. Like, I can't beat that. Like, I don't know how to get you a better result than that. I don't think people like admitting that they're wrong. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? Like, people want to be like, oh, well, I was I was right. I, I didn't give this, or I did give this guy money and he didn't make my life better. They just want to be in self-denial all the time. It's like, just do it. Just cave. Give in. Like, just go. Oh, I'm pretty sure everyone, even if they're not happy with it, still, <laughs> it's like you can't deny the results, I guess. I don't know. Well, you've said you have people that don't even follow the program sometimes that are still getting good results. So it's like, dear God, can you imagine if you just bought in? You definitely don't follow the fine print, right? Like, there's levels to it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. As I've learned, you know, I have this app and I'm like, oh, that cool. I'm going to make an app that has everything I need in it. Yeah, well, I can't control whether someone hits the down arrow to read the exercise notes or does not read that. So I don't know. That's not that. I always have to read them because I'm like, there's always some piece of information or nugget that I'm missing, I feel like. So I'm always like, I read well, it and then reread it. If you're trying to once again elicit a specific stimulus to create a specific adaptation. Yeah. Not throwing monkey shit against the wall. Well, someone, someone asked me the other did that for a long time. <laughs> someone asked me the other day they're like why do you change your tempos so frequently and i'm like because i'm trying to elicit a different adaptation like it changes from a lowering like like they're like why do you do three second eccentric sometimes and then why do the other times you not do three second eccentrics why do you pause at certain points why do you do this i'm like because it elicits a different 
response. We're trying to create more hypertrophy. We need more tension. Yeah, they need also, tension in the lengthened positions. Create the most image, which elicit the most growth for hypertrophy. So right. By slow eccentric with a pause at the bottom, you get some really good hypertrophy results. Whereas if you just drop to the bottom and fucking jump out of the hole, nothing. It's gonna be a really different thing. There's no very minimal on the hypertrophy and very maximal on the nervous system. No significant time under tension yields no hypertrophy people. So if you're doing your accessories and you're just blowing through them, entirely true. And, and newbies, they can do anything. Well, correct. But I'm just saying if you're actually someone that has trained for a while and you want to actually elicit some hypertrophy change, like you can't just blow through people your reps. Are above the training age of zero in like actual terms. Mm. Oh, good question. Because the shit we're talking about are things we learned from people that studied elite level. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like even before that, I was reading Arnold's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, which is the highest level of bodybuilding, like horseshit, right? Like that guy could do anything, probably, and grow. Yeah. You think you're still in that stage now? But where I am still like you and your training, training development. Age, I can feel when I plateau. Yeah. Right. I don't know. What does it really mean? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I but, fucked around for like 10 years. So that puts me <laughs> at like one year. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That's, I think. Like maybe I'm at training age of three or four. I don't even, I would say I'm with whatever I mean with you. Like that's where my training experience has been. However long we've been working together. 18 months. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything that I did was ever training leading up to you. I mean, I, I worked hard. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to figure this stuff out, but I I didn't have a plan. I was just kind of... You probably get like a solid year or maybe two in before shit just stops working completely. <laughs> yeah. Or the injuries acquire. What was that picture? That's the other thing you don't realize, right? Is like your body tells you to fuck off by getting injured. And it just goes, yeah, we're not doing this. Thanks. Yeah, I always struggled with that. That's where I was always plateauing i felt like was like uh ranges of motion and like dear god you just feel like it's supposed to be the way like pff, it's just part of it bro like whatever suck it up well a squat like, like squatting especially I like i kept i kept getting to the bottom of my squat and i couldn't contract with heavy weights and i'm like what the frick is going on and i like was spending no time on recovery and the actual joint itself i was just like yeah whatever i'm just gonna go lift this heavy stuff and hope for the best and i didn't feel good so i was like well, this is really wasting my time or really makes me want to get under a bar when I feel like this. So, but I don't know. There's supposed to be, I get there's some discomfort. Like I'm not like a hundred percent right now. I have a thing in my elbow. That's not even from the fucking gym. That's irritating in the gym. Yeah. But not like, Oh, I can't do anything. It's on my wrist. Oh, I need to, I need to push this away. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's the boo-boo. We'll be all right. I don't feel like shit either. Everyone's like, oh, you beat up? I'm like, why would I be beat up? I don't. I'm, to go <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to prevent that from happening. Like, why are we, what's going on? I don't understand this psychology of like more is, I don't, maybe it's just more is better thing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, maybe. There's this really cool thing called the delayed training effect, which is like a really simplified version of super compensation. Yeah. You just chill out for a little bit, essentially. Well, like we said, the adaptations can take one to three years. Right. And if you've been ramping up continuously for five, six weeks at a time, deload, and then ramp up five, six weeks at a time and deload, and then 
keep doing that, well, your body's going to like pick up on the patterns. Yep. <laughs> then one of those times you just deload a little bit longer and get all this crazy extra juice and you have all this extra recovery yep. to use that juice. Like you created a new level of like, oh, I can do this now. Yep. Then that, then now you have a new baseline essentially, right? Provided you, yeah, if you do something to stimulate. Correct. That, right. right. I th- what do you, what do you say to the people that don't believe in the deload, the no deload people? We don't deload. Deload from stimuli. That's what I was getting at before when you were talking about changing. Oh, you don't have to apparently. No, you're changing the stimulus. <laughs> Like I'm just there's no way like if you're changing a bar you're changing stimulus if you're changing the sets you're yeah, changing the stimulus. Yeah. if you're changing reps you're changing the stimulus yeah yeah you're changing it yeah there's just this crowd of people and you change the weight you change the stimulus yeah so, i mean you can not change the movement you cannot change the bar you cannot change but you will accommodate unless you're doing something like frc to absolutely everything whatever it is you're doing yeah. internally no, no deloads. There's a no deload crap. The you are, the longer you can go, I think. No deloads. You're not able to create a high intensity. Like, the more advanced you get, the, the shorter that window becomes. I put them in for my kids. I, we do it with my kids. I mean, they're a little less susceptible to them, I think, but I'd still put them in. <laughs> they have worse coordination. But, like, yeah, if you do a three-week wave with a deload, it's pretty much a general rule of thumb that you're going to have every month good work and then some compensation happening by that fifth week. Yep. Yeah, that's usually week. Some some a little longer. Some can go to about five, six. Some usually that three to four range is pretty good. But I mean, the science is pretty true. Most of every the everything I've read is always talking about it in some capacity. Like there needs to be a, a, at least a little bit of time where the volume comes down or the intensity comes down for sure. I think I may have found a way around. You think so? Taking two days off in between every lift. I, I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I'm like, I do believe based, I was thinking about your, the way you were doing things. And I was like, I feel like with the way he's structuring his programming, it feels like the deload is already technically working into the program. So it's like, he's already putting enough recovery modalities into his own training where it's like, he doesn't ever really have to take like a whole week you know what I mean? In a row or five days in a row or whatever it is. I'm like, I, I was thinking about that. It like hit me. I was like, that could be a way that people say they're not technically deloading because you're doing, but I think that's more of you uh, manipulating recovery better. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you you come out of your like fatigued state. If we're talking about super compensation, like you come out of your fatigue state with your baseline being higher. So it's like, you don't ever really have to deload because you're doing a good job of manning your stress and recovery type of thing i don't think i'm ever redlining anything right you're not just crushing yourself and going down 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 actual day to recover well everything that you talk like everything in the literature is always like if you're doing an extreme workout if you want to like science and practice talks about hard to extreme workouts recovery is always 48 hours at least so it's like 48 to 72. Right, 48 72 is what I was going to say. But it's like, okay, but no. <sighs> we potentially cut 24 of that off by doing an hour of cardio those two days. Yeah, you can speed up the recovery time. So, it, but, but like the back to back max effort days, like if you go Monday, Tuesday, like max effort lower, max effort upper, it's like, yeah, probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. Oh, no, those were supposed to be spread out. Only the speed days go back to back. Right. I liked, uh, 
If you have you ever read Nate's Conjugate You, Nate Harvey's Conjugate You? I have not. I should. It's What's pretty. Up, Nate? If you ever listen to this, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, shout you out. You didn't get to meet because you didn't come to the fucking seminar. I know. Shout out to Nate. This book's awesome, though. That's actually one of the for those yeah, which we have a seminar coming up June seventeenth. Well, I was going to shout that out at the end, but I guess you're just going to give this. We can do it now. Who's going to make it to the end? Shout out to the Conjugate Seminar coming up June 6th, 17th, 18th, 17th and 18th. Yeah. It's a Zoom conference, so there's no excuses not to show up. Go check up uh, Khalil Sharad. Are you on Saturday or Sunday? I'm on Sunday because I'm golfing all day on Saturday, so... What you, oh, you're gonna miss Bird and Drew and all these I people. I am not. I'm gonna open the Zoom recording and I'm gonna record it as it goes. <laughs> so I am not. But uh, what are you talking about? How to make money where there's no money? Uh, yeah, essentially that's kind of what it is. How to go from garage gym to full time gym. That's, that's amazing. That's a good one. I have no idea what I'm gonna say yet, but yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about marketing, but he penciled me in for FRC, so. I'm pretty sure you could change it. Just send him a message and be like, hey, man, I'm changing this. I'll get better at marketing. and then we'll I would rather you talk about marketing. So how about you go ahead and do that? No, I'm going to talk about like what we are right now and how you can implement it in a different way and how it's like how I use FRC. It's not Nate. even what FRC is. Back to Nate Harvey. Phil already does FRC too. I don't know who Phil is. You don't know who Phil DeRue is? Oh, oh, Phil DeRue. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Time out. Who's Phil? <laughs> I, like, I get to go on the same day as him and bird and all the good people I was like, man yeah all the shitholes like me get thrown to the second day, day. <laughs> <laughs> no i just switched with jim because he couldn't make the first yeah day. i saw that i wasn't originally on the first day roster Don't thanks worry. khalil we know how you really feel about us thanks that i'm moving down the bench like mini me i moved up the bench yeah well i am not for sure I can't wait to hear those you guys on the first day because that's a pretty strong lineup on the first day and i'm right after lunch again Heck yeah. So you put people to sleep with your Tough FRC's one, talk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll drop some F-bombs. Keep it interesting. There you but go. Nice. we will have this fancy mic. Yeah. I might need to use a presentation though. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I have some thoughts, but. You know what you need to do? Sorry for that, guys. That was a, my bad. I didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> go ask chat GCP. Chat GPT, I would like to talk on a seminar including these things. I fucking shit you not, it'll give you an entire fucking script. Oh god, dude. We are just living or in a world. Or at least an outline for you to make your own script. That might actually help. Just give me some guidelines. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I gave I asked her for a writing prompt. Did you read my Substack yesterday? I haven't got a chance to. No, I will. Don't worry. I will. Shut up. I feel like I knocked yesterday's out the park. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll read. It. I've got it plenty was, of time I to read like it. It was a good prompt. You got plenty of time. Fucking chat GTP. Chat GTP. I don't even feel like I'm reading any of your stuff anymore, though. It's like, yeah, it's just not Alex anymore. Sorry. That's, when I use it for captions to get more engagement, it has nothing to do with the actual content. I, you want to know how I knew that the captions are definitely chat GPT because of all the emojis that are now in your caption? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's not him. <laughs> I want to see if it works. I'm shadow banned, dude. I got to use every fucking avenue I can. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And then, like, for the other social media platforms, you think I want to sit there and learn those games? No. No. Oh. Speaking of games, did you see the... I saw a video on Instagram of a guy that was in the gym playing a video game as he was doing his reps. Like, he, okay, he had a rowing machine. Okay, I know you can't see me, but I'm going to... You'll see it later on the podcast. So the concept two rowing machine, yeah, you can play games on that. No, no, this was like a machine, just like a any 
Jim would have to, oh, like to do rows. A, a cable machine. Yeah, but this is not even a cable machine. This is just literally like a stack, like, like a weight stack yeah, machine. Yeah. So he's oh, pulling. He's got this screen up there, and it's like this little ball, and you have to guide the ball to these little points. And every time you do a row, oh, it goes up and lights this thing up. And like it's got the tempo to where you have to like hit the thing at the right tempo yeah. or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God. That's absurd. I mean, it's what we're becoming. Terrible. Is it? Is that what we're becoming? Uh, commercial gyms already have the jump on everyone. They want to be. They want to do as little as possible. For they're going to be the Wally people. Yeah, it's an entertainment business. Wally. What are you talking about? Wally. Yeah, I guess. Everything's about entertainment, man. It's not about actual results. Yeah, but is it like okay? Let's. This is a perfect segue. Are the fucking nuggets not entertaining? No, they're boring. I hate them. What the fuck ever? I'm just kidding. I can watch Jamal it's Murray so play. I can watch Jamal Murray play every day, any day, all the time. That guy is... Jokic. He's great, too. No, about? he's great. That dude makes the most ridiculous passes he's, I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, he threads the needle. Holy moly, dude. His outlet passing is out of this world. How about the jump shot that he hits in AD's face in game four where he's like running away from the basket, the basket and just... I think that was in LeBron's face. No, it was AD. That was game one, I think you're talking about. But this one, he did it again. I think you have it mistaken because LeBron was talking about it during his press conference. Oh, made me pull this up. AD, it was... like, what do you think of Jokic? And he's like, well, when you hit a shot like Larry Bird off of one foot, don't... my hand's right in his face. I don't know what else I can do. That, that was game one. I think it was. I don't think so. I don't think make... they had LeBron on him in the last don't game. Don't make me it pull this up. It was AD in game one. I'm telling you. All right. Just go look it up. Just, to, just go, go look, look it up, up buddy. On young Jamie. Oh no, you just go look it up later on your own time if you want. I guess. Oh, you. Let me put it on the podcast right now. Yeah. All right, I'll look it up. Come on. Jokic. Everyone shit on the Nuggets for for the longest times, and I think it's hilarious because I'm not even a Nuggets fan. But fuck all these people who think they suck. They're ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Jokic is literally a generational talent. Like he just took the torch from LeBron. Like get the fuck out of here. Nikola Jokic knocks down unreal late shot game in game four. Yeah. And who's guarding him? All right, now I have the number six or number three. I have to get this on the screen, so give me one second. But he's uh, number three is guarding him, dickhead. So okay. Fine. You win, I guess. <laughs> Let me pull it up so that people can see this. I can confirm. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Got the audio. Over Anthony Davis, bong. <laughs> What's crazy is like they were only up three when he shot that. So it's like, holy crap, that was big time, man. Put him up six yeah. with two minutes to Cajones. play. Cajones. Yeah, dude. Did they crush the Lakers? That was crazy. At least they were like close games. Whereas, like, well, I mean, the Celtics finally won last night. Were they really close, though? Yeah, I mean, the Lakers had a chance in all of them. Was there ever. They were up at halftime in two of the four. At halftime? That means dick. And any fourth quarter, was there ever really a chance for the Lakers to win? Uh yeah, I mean that game right there. They were only they were within striking. They had a they had a layup at the end of the game, one position game. It's a one position game for most of the fourth quarter. They, do you know what they lost the third quarter? Oh yeah. Scoring? That was bad. It was like thirty two to, to sixteen. Yeah, it was bad. Was you bad. think they're gonna how does that not just completely demoralize you? Weren't they down? What was the score at halftime? Weren't they down by like 12 or something like that? They were down by 15. Yeah. I knew it was at least double digits. But... 
It looked real bad. I think they're going to win you know, it. He averaged a triple-double for the fucking conference those four games. Yeah. He's <laughs> like a passing version of Dirk Nowitzki. Like, if Dirk could have passed... He's better than Wilt Chamberlain, possibly. Man, did you see? Have you seen pictures of him when he first came into the league? How much he's transformed, like, dude. That that even is, makes it even crazier. Yeah, he's like he wasn't like LeBron or Michael or Kobe who came into the league and had high expectations. No, nobody thought this guy would do dick. Undrafted, wasn't he? Uh, no, he was drafted number forty-one overall in the second round. Okay, so second round, but still, yeah, most of those second round guys are like, eh, no one really cares. Absolute trash. Usually. Yeah. Not literally one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, he needs to win a ring ASAP. He definitely needs to win. Like, if people weren't watching those Western Conference Finals to watch LeBron, who's arguably the greatest, and Jokic, who's literally one of the greatest in his prime. Yeah. Each other, you're fucking crazy. It's going to absolutely be in the conversation when it's all said and done. I will I mean, say... He should have had a third MVP this year. Yeah, because Joel Embiid whined and complained that he couldn't get one and then he can't get past the Celtics. They just didn't think he deserved to be in the same breath as Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and whoever else have won three in a row because he hasn't won any championships. Well, I would partly agree with that. Regular season trophy. Embiid has never been irrelevant, in my opinion. Like He's never been relevant. He's always just like, hey, or good. He played really good this year, but he still didn't play better than Jokic. I'll tell you what's crazy is like there was a lot of guys that it could have went to, like a lot of first times. Like Jason Tatum averaged 30 a game this year, too. I didn't expect that. Pretty sure Jokic almost averaged a triple double or did average a triple double. Let's look it up. I bet you're right. I guarantee you you're close because <laughs> he's literally surpassing Will Chamberlain for records almost every night. Let's like, that's insane. His, let's look at his stats here. Think about this. He's had eight triple doubles. In the playoffs in 15 games. Yeah. And there's another potential seven games for him to play. Nah, they're not going seven. I don't care who they play. I'm just saying the potential exists to get seven more triple doubles. And he already has eight, which is the most ever. It's nuts. Let's see. Let's see. He averaged 24 this year. Yeah. He was 0.2 assists away from averaging a triple double this year. Like one assist away. Yeah, eleven point eight rebounds, nine point eight assists, twenty four and a half points. As a seven foot center, crazy dude. Yeah, his passing ability is unbelievably good. All of it, it's insane. He's just fucking crazy. Yeah, I just I've been able to watch Michael play. I watch Kobe play. I've watched LeBron play. Now I watch this guy play, and he's just as fucking crazy in a different way and yeah. unathletic as could be. <laughs> he just wobbles down the court. He's not athletic at all. I love when people make spoofs and memes about him, about how he runs and how he plays. It's just hilarious, it's man. terrible, but, like, good. stop him. Good luck. You can't. How do you guard him? I don't know. I, don't, I, I don't, have no idea. I have no idea, yeah. Sam's going to have his hands full. That's what I think. Because the crazy thing is, it's like, no no typical five can guard him because they pull. he pulls him out away from the rim, and it's like, that. that's why Bam it makes his... I think. Who? I think Bam can do it. Bam out of bio. Yeah, but Bam's not that big. It's like six nine, six ten. I mean, He's giving up a lot. I don't know. There's only seven foot. I'd love to see Miami Denver. I think that'd be a cool series. Eight versus one. Yeah, because they need to fucking settle the score between this Morris and Jokic thing. Remember that at the beginning? He doesn't even get minutes anymore. Yeah, but he doesn't that was awesome. He doesn't even get minutes. Oh, I know. I and love man, the Jimmy Heat. Butler is good. Yeah, I love watching the Heat play. But I don't know if I love him, but 
I love Jimmy Butler because that dude has bet on himself everywhere he's went. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to Miami. When you guys are out here forming super teams and whatnot, I'll go to Miami and do my own thing. And he's only going to, he's about to go to his second finals in four years. It's like, it's pretty cool, dude. Good for you. Because a lot of people don't do that in the league anymore. They're just like, eh, where's the closest super team? Right. Like the Lakers are talking about, they're already talking about Kyrie Irving possibly going to the Lakers next year. Dude, did you see this bullshit that Brian Windhorst said that it was the best performance in a sweep ever from LeBron? His numbers would say that, but I don't think he, I think he went away. Game two, he absolutely disappeared. And game three, he did too. Do you understand how fucking stupid that sounds? Well, yeah. I mean, I You just got swept. I don't give a shit how good you thought you did. (laughs) Well, his supporting. He couldn't win a game. His supporting cast, AD went away in two games too. He disappeared. How stupid was it that they didn't give Austin Rivers the ball to shoot the game winning shot? Dude, yeah. What do we do? That was not a good attempt. You could tell LeBron was gassed. How about the guy who hasn't missed all playoffs? You know where that guy's from? Um, Oklahoma. You close. He's from Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure. No, he went to the University of Oklahoma. Where is he from originally? Oh, how would I know? In the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. That's where he is from. (laughs) He dropped 71. My my buddy actually knows a coach that like coached against him or coached for him. I think, but anyway, he he was he sent him his like mixtape of high school one time. And he had like a 71 point game in high school or something crazy. And he thought it was just some other like, you know, like a typical white boy that can shoot, you know. And then he comes up on a fast break and just yams over this guy. And he's like, oh, okay, a little different. Um, but yeah, Reeves Reeves went from like middle of the nowhere, Arkansas to big city LA. And it's pretty cool. So yeah, kids good. Oh, there he's a monster. Yeah, he's, he won three state championships in high school. Should have won four. He said they got a little cocky. He made something like 28 consecutive free throws in a row in the playoffs. Yeah. If they if they decide to break that team apart and try to create space to go get Kyrie, I think they're worse next year by far because their role players are pretty good. Like Reeves is good. Achimura is good. I think they can become a Nuggets fan now. So. They can get rid of D'Lo. Yeah. You were a Lakers fan originally, though, were you? I mean, as a kid. I haven't watched basketball in, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard not to be a Nuggets fan living out there it's where you are. All the hype. You get the, all the hype out there right now. It's pretty cool. Have you ever been to a Nuggets game? Uh, when I was, Mello played, yeah. Yeah, Mello's gone. He, oh, no, actually, I went to the one the night before COVID happened. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, Jamal was tearing it up. Jeez. If that guy hadn't got hurt, they would have already won a championship. They would have maybe won the bubble, yeah. Oh, that was the year I got to see him play. They a thousand percent would have won the bubble. Him and uh, that series with him and uh, Donovan Mitchell in the first round. Where they were just, he didn't. I don't think he got hurt in the bubble, and they still didn't win the. He bubble, got hurt so the next year. Well, he got hurt the next year, I think, or maybe he got hurt. You're absolutely wrong, sir. The Lakers won that year. Yeah, well, they shouldn't have. But whatever. Why? It was LeBron and AD. Like, they should have. Why can't they win team. now? LeBron and AD. LeBron is gassed, bro. His dude needs. He drops Either. a he drops a thirty one piece in the first half and he only goes for nine in the second. You could tell he's just why, like why did he stop shooting? Like what do you what are you doing? Man? You know, he you kept carry shooting. He kept you can't do it at thirty eight. He kept shooting. He wouldn't go to the freaking post. That's where he was making spread. Well, he's, where was AD? Like hey AD, I got us here. I need a little help, buddy. Come on now. Oh god, two just game two and game four for AD were just absolute trash. He just disappeared. Yeah, but you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, because it's Anthony Davis. He's not a big-time guy. He's been consistent through the playoffs that he's like every other game guy. 
been inconsistent his whole career and hurt his whole career. I wonder if those big guys worked out more and be less injury prone. I mean, no, probably not. I would think. I don't know. Hey, what hey, basketball players that want to get strong that listen to this? Let me know and we'll see what happens. What do you think about the lottery system? How like the Detroit Pistons won 17 games this year and got the fifth pick. They were the worst team in the NBA and they ended up with the fifth pick. I think it's good for ratings to have fucking this crazy freak from France go over and play with the Spurs. Dude, how lucky is that? Like, holy moly. That's crazy. Is Popovich still coaching or is he retiring? He's kind of on the fence, I think. And it's like, I think this kind of maybe swayed him back in is what I keep hearing. But Potentially the greatest coach ever in basketball. He's definitely in the conversation. Him, Phil, or Red, I think. As long as he would just stop talking about politics. I mean, put Pat in there. You put Pat Riley in that mix. Pat's definitely up there. Phil Jackson's probably the greatest. If we had to. You think he feels better than Pop? Ah. Okay. So. I did it with nobody, bro. Nobody. Phil had Mike, MJ, and fucking Kobe. Yeah, Tim Duncan. What are you talking about? Nobody. Tim Duncan's probably the greatest power forward of all time. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Nobody. MJ and Kobe. You also had Tony Parker, who's one of the greatest point guards of all time. Manu, Manu Ginobili, who's one of the... Come on. David Robinson? Saying, you had David Robinson? Okay, you had David Robinson and Tim Duncan as one team, right? And then you had, like, Sean Elliott and who else was on that team? Uh, really, nobody, right? And then I mean, Tim was you have... Him, but... You have Phil had fucking Dennis Rodman, I, Michael Jordan, I agree. and Scottie Pippen. I agree. Everyone's always like, well, that's a crazy trio. <laughs> Everyone's like, Phil's the greatest coach. So I'm like, Phil also First coached three, two I of the greatest players of all time. Than the second three. MJ's? Yeah, with like when it was BJ Armstrong and oh, yeah. Horace Grant yeah. and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, I think those were, and those teams and that they, they were playing, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like those piston teams that they had to get through were insanely tough. Although those 96 Supersonics, man, that'll be my favorite team that never made it. Oh, dude, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp was awesome. The Rain Man. The Rainmaker. Freaking Gary Payton. The Rain Man, you're right. Was Gary it Rain Payton, Man? Yeah. yeah. Percy Hawkins. Jeez. And Perkins Center. Like one of the first centers busting trays. Yeah, they got to one. Did they make it to one finals? Yeah, they got whooped by whooped. the fucking Bulls. Yeah, because Michael took it like four one or four two. Like, I don't know. Michael had to take it personal against Gary Payton. <laughs> Dude, he takes everything personal. Dude, I, I George Carl's best team though. The Nuggets. Oh yeah. Good. He had some good years with Melo. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. You know, but yeah, and then they had a good year as a team, and they got rid of the whole team. Mello and Chauncey were pretty fun. You traded that whole lineup for yeah. Mello. That lineup did pretty well here. And then, I don't know what happened. Chauncey Billups, that's a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot. He had a good career. Why would he? He's from Colorado. Nobody wants to talk about that guy. Won a couple championships with the, the Pistons. I fucking watched the Lakers get their ass whooped by the Pistons twice. Yeah, that was a flop. That was one of the epic flops. It was the Lakers and Pistons, wasn't it? Uh Man, yeah, Ben Wallace back in the day, stud. He's like the Dennis Rodman of our time period. Uh, yeah, no one is Dennis Rodman. Duke. You know he would sit there and count the rotations of the ball. Yeah, that guy's a that guy's a freak. You know where it was gonna fucking bounce. That that episode in the last dance where he's like, I'd watch yeah. it go here, gonna go off there. It's like here, it hits here, it goes over here. And he's like pointing at the rim and doing all that stuff. He's like, dude, what is going on in your brain? What? <laughs> 
Like, are you like a savant? He's unreal. Yeah. But uh, a buddy of mine were talking about like kids don't want to be those players anymore. Nobody wants to be the Dennis Rodmans of the world and win. Whereas like Dennis accepted his role. You know what I mean? No one wants to be a role player anymore. I don't think he gave a shit about scoring. Well, no one, but, but everyone gives a crap about freaking scoring nowadays. They don't want to be Steph Curry now, right? Yeah. They don't want to be role players and win. They just want to score a lot of points. It's like, I, some kids hoops with my cousin. He talks about Steph Curry all the time. Like you have the best player in the league on the nuggets. Why aren't you talking about this guy? Because Steph, Steph changed the game, baby. Jokic is changing the game. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but there ain't many There's people no in the league doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking call up, drain and trade. Like, it's retarded. Yeah. Remember Yao Ming? Like, Yao Ming could have been the game yeah. changer if he hadn't got hurt yeah. all the time. He was he was the second coming of Jorge Mirasan. Oh, I Which forget about that guy. Yeah. Between Jorge Mirasan and Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. Like, let's just get these fucking huge monsters for the middle and see what happens. There's a mon- was actually pretty good. Have you ever seen the montage of Sean Bradley getting yammed on by all these players? Yeah, I probably no, I probably watched them live though. <laughs> One of them was Vince Carter. <laughs> poor Sean Bradley. There's just like this. Have you ever seen the video of Vince Carter teabagging that poor European guy? Yes. Love that dunk. Vince Carter was my favorite player. Me? How do you jump over a seven foot person? Vince Carter was a freak. So was Tracy McGrady. Dude, you know their cousins, right? Do you ever know that? Yes. Ever heard that story? That I was... wish the Raptors would have got their shit together and just made them play together for longer. I know, man. You know, Travis Tracy McGrady. Toronto. Tracy McGrady went to Orlando because he didn't want to be the guy. And then he was the guy. And he ended up being the guy because <laughs> Grant Hill got hurt. So right. <laughs> he turned into a monster. Same thing in Houston. Yeah. He, he went to Houston, didn't want to be the guy in Houston. Oh, really? Yeah, but he never wanted to be the guy. He always wanted to be number two. Because if you look at the Toronto days, that's when kind of Vince Carter. I think even with Vince, then. I don't know because Vince Carter was definitely the face of that franchise. Man, how about those Nets teams? Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson. Loved those teams. That was a, fun to watch. I was right? a Nets fan, quote unquote, because Carter got traded. I mean, I would watch him. Yep. I was Richard Jefferson. Even was dope. Yeah, dude. Yeah, because I, I I loved Vince, and when he got traded, I was like, yep, I'm a Nets fan now because I just followed him around. I, I mean, that dude played until he was 40. Watching that dunk contest when I was a kid was just life-changing. It was awesome. I was like in the third grade. I'm pretty sure one of my if school pictures is Kobe in. Bryant do the between the legs one, I would have been far more in awe over Vince doing yeah. it. Yeah. See, I didn't ever see Wait, that one. Bro. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure I wore a Vince Carter jersey in my uh, school pictures. So. <laughs> Jerseys used to be the shit. Oh, my God. That's all I did was wear those things. Same. I had one for every day of the month. I got I uh my my English teacher told my mom one time she was she like wanted to have a meeting about like my writing or whatever when I was writing in English class like third grade <laughs> third grade by the way and uh, she's like was well, he not writing she's like no he's writing and she's like is he writing poorly is he doing this? she's like no he just writes all he wants to write about is sports and she's like okay why is that a problem she's like well maybe we could just diversify what he wants to write about a little bit I'm like. She's like, do you understand who my son is? <laughs> like, that's all his, that's all he cares about in life. That's all he cares about. Like his life revolves around that. So aren't you excited that he wants to at least write about that? Like, it was like, uh, Hey lady. Hey lady. Listen, Linda. Listen, Listen. Karen. Simmer down. She's like, just be thankful he's writing at all. Cause he doesn't like English. So. Right. Like I wouldn't write about shit. Oh, dude, that's my worst subject, English. I hated it. Same. 
I like reading, but I don't. I hate English. I didn't even like doing that. I was just good at it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. My mom was a reading coach, so I kind of had no choice in the matter. <laughs> I got great memory. That's how I breezed through school. Yeah, you're a freak when it comes to that stuff. I don't know. I just, that's all I know. You can't recollect things very well. Although I say that, and then some people are I like, how do you remember that? Like photogenic memory, but no, no. I, I I think my memory's poor, but then I'll pull something out of a book that I've read, like a training book or something, and they're like, how'd you do that? And I'm like, maybe because I've read it seven times. I don't know. I feel like the cheat code is writing it down. You read it and then write it out. Yeah, I went to the note card system. I put note, I write stuff on note cards and then put it into those papers and then come back and read it so I don't have to reread the whole thing. Have you read the Bompa book on periodization? I like that one. I go back no, to that. I'm sitting in my gym. I've never looked at it. I go back to that one quite a bit. Heard of that person. Tudor Bompa. That's a big name in, yeah. the, in the world. Allegedly. Unbelievable. Get your shit together, buddy. Who is this person? Ah. Just make me want to read his book. I don't know that I can make you want to read his book. He just wrote a lot well, of... You suck in sales. So I don't know what to tell you. He, he, yeah, well, that's probably true. He wrote a bunch of books on like periodization and sports training. And um, I think he was obviously a Russian... Or maybe he was a guy that translated a lot of the Russian texts. He's not South African. He sounds South African. I have no idea. Pretty sure, though, he was the one of the first ones to start translating a lot of what the Russians were doing and bring it over here. But he he writes a lot about like on linear periodization and things like that. So oh, he's from Romania. Oh, he's got a lot of books. He's got a lot of methodology books. Um, tons of different training manuals on periodization. Cycle its training bible. There you go. Periodization for sports. Periodization theory and methodology of training. Theory of strength training. Total training for young champions. Periodization in rugby. Maybe I'll read that one. I got a rugby athlete. That's fun. There you go. And I made a max out on Prowler push the other day. That's fun. His he has a lot of good like resources on how to like peak at certain times and what it's a lot of like how what you should be because he does linear so it's like um, what should be. Eh. I I agree, but you can I like. <laughs> I like to take linear and be like, okay, well, what what can we like, what can be the like more of a priority right now, and what can be less of a priority right now when we look at like conjugating things? I guess you could say. The only problem I have with linear is what in our life is linear? Nothing, absolutely nothing. That's oh, why. Okay, the, why would we ever program like things? Right. That's why the dynamic system theories make so much sense because it's like, well, we have all these different things going on at one time. How can they all just work in a line cohesively? Sure. That that's not going to work. Well, like everything ebbs and flows, so it's like, yeah. I think the whole like linear thing is just based upon like the detrading adaptations is what people were trying to accomplish in the first place. But it's like, if you leave it for too long of a period. Then you have no base whatsoever to rely upon, especially when it comes to like off-season training. If you just go away from any kind of hypertrophy training and just leave it and abandon it for like six months at a time or nine months at a time, and you only do it in that first like three months of off-season, it's like, well, that's probably not a good idea. Or if you just leave strength training or only optimize power training for like a three-month period or one-month period leading up to the season, it's like, that's probably also not a good idea. But I would agree that. 
think you could probably maintain one. Say, say it again. You're a little far from your mic I think there. You could, I think you could there you like go. maintain most hypertrophy for nine months. You think so? Your body doesn't want a hypertrophy. It's the last thing it wants to do. Right. So if you get it to do it at all, right, if you focused on making the metabolic systems more efficient and your nervous system more efficient, which are easy adaptations occur because they're efficiency-based, more likely to make something more efficient than it's more likely to make it inefficient, such as hypertrophy. I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Right? If you devoted three months of off-season where you actually only have the time to maybe adapt to hypertrophy, I don't see why stimulating high levels of strength training or even functional hypertrophy during the season wouldn't keep that. I don't know that they're actually stimulating any kind of hypertrophy growth in the off-season. They need to go fucking heavier and go to failure. I don't know what to tell you. Well, it's either that or like, well, there's, I mean, the nutritional side of things too. Like, I don't think people are going to, kids especially are not going to eat and they're going to get, they're going to have their newbie gains, like you said, but I don't think they're. Don't know, why even worry about hypertrophy in any aspect? Why not just make them strong and efficient and doing the movement? Help them recover and make them strong. Well, but you're saying they're not going to eat enough to actually hypertrophy. So right. if you can get just hypertrophy gains from being a newbie, then why even try to make it could probably just get process. Just work on the ones that are going to be the easy game, like the low hanging fruit. Right. Try to get, you're going to get hypertrophy. Like, just somebody from... who's never trained will hypertrophy over anything. Right. Whatsoever. So focus on actual modalities that will help them recover better in their seat, like, like metabolic, because they're going to get that hypertrophy anyway. Just do strength and metabolic work all the time and make them work. Right. When do these kids ever really take an off season? They don't. <laughs> Not high school kids. Most don't because most like my area, small school, especially they're three sport athletes. So it's like they have to be able to recover well because they're going from one to one to one to one. A year, so that still gives you a quarter off. But yeah. yeah, right. If you think these kids are off, you're funny. Good job. Nice try. <laughs> but they get like two weeks off towards the end of the school and then they go right into football camp June 1st. Well, then that should be hypertrophy based football. You're saying they should be doing, like the, the football stuff they should be doing is hypertrophy-based? If they're doing strength training with the football, yeah. Why not do sets of five and six instead of sets of two and three? Yeah. Yeah, that's where my stuff moves to in the offseason. If they come to me, it's like we need to. If they're not going to go full hypertrophy like a bodybuilder, we'll still create functional hypertrophy as some call it. Yep. Yep, that five to six range would be nice. That's what we do. And then the threes and the ones and things like that come in later. But I think it, are we, well, well, go ahead. There you go. Well, I was going to say we take some time away from like jumps and things like that too during the first little time period. Wait, that's the one you have to train most frequently. Yeah, but they're like if they go into camp, you know what I mean? They're going to go right into football camp. So they're going to be doing extra amount of sprint work and things like that too because coaches are going to run them and run them and run them and run them. So it's like. Are they actually sprinting though? No, they're probably not. But then they come to me dead. So it's like. Or metabolic work. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, can we even really optimize for rate of force development at that point? So you have to ask a lot. Sure, of- you would just do a lower level of it and only do it for maintenance instead of. Right. 
So like if you know what somebody's max is on a lift, for example, you know you need to stimulate anywhere from the 90% to over a hundred percent range. Create absolute strength, right? Maintain whatever adaptation you've created. Right. And you literally have a range of like 90% up to your max that you can do. Right. You could do like three singles. Yep. Or one. Yep. Or two. You don't have to do crazy amounts of volume. Nope. Just you could do crazy amounts of volume in your metabolic work to help drive recovery. Right. Just to keep that adaptation around. Well, yeah, you're talking about rate of force development. If your absolute strength stays up, your rate of force development stays up. Yep. Has to. I'm just saying like, like, okay, for example, I had a track athlete that we were trying to peak and do things correctly. And he kept coming to me every day after practice and was like, yeah, we did 30 jumps today or we did 40 jumps today or we did this or that we did that. I'm like, cool. And then you definitely don't need to add in jumps. Yeah. He was like, well, we're going to, we did, we're going to do 120 jumps this week. I'm like, well, first of all, there's no way, shape or form you should be doing 120 jumps in any week, but here we are. So that's what he said. It was funny too. He got to the end of the week by like Thursday. Cause they were doing like a, like a 30, like they did 30 depth drops on Monday or depth jumps on Monday. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Oh dude, what? So he got to Thursday and he was like, I'm pretty tired. Like I'm pretty beat up. And I'm like, yeah. Why do you think we've been doing like all systemic and local metabolic work for this entire three to four days? Cause if you'd have been doing what I wanted you to hopefully do, but I'm glad you told me that because we had to make that change on the floor. So it's always good to ask. Don't forget to ask your athletes what the heck they do at practice. Cause when the coach randomly throws in 120 jumps in a week, you might have to pivot. <laughs> and make a change to your programming. That's so many jumps. That is a lot of jumps. It's what I love. Over a double. Yeah, I mean, dude. Sixty is like the high end. I thought. Yeah, I think all the everything I've read has always said like for more, for experience. I think that's for experienced athletes. That's sixty jumps is the high end. Sixty to eighty. I think like I'll do eighteen to twenty four in a session every four days. Yep. I th- we usually do, yeah, anywhere from that 15 to 25 range. It's kind of where we like to keep it. Start sprinting. I don't know what this power up to me. Try to be an athlete again. I'm going to try to do a jump day, a sprint day, and then I don't know what my third day is going to be. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm trying some stuff. But, yeah, we're going to do some more sprinting. But I don't know... I don't know yet. I'm playing with things. I'm flipping switches right now, but we're definitely going to do, we're going to remove more, remove some jumps and add some sprinting in is where we're going to go. So we need to get bird on here. Yeah. That man's got all the secrets. I don't know if he has all the secrets, but he's got some damn good information. Yeah. Bird, if you're listening or you're out there, we're on the waiting list, man. How What's it take? What do we got to sweeten the deal to get in? He he actually mentioned it to me when I talked to him. Did he? That's good. He's like, I didn't forget about you. I'm just really busy. I'm like, yeah. He did. He changed. He changed buildings this summer. So, yeah. That's a lot of work for sure. A couple more podcasts and we get to, you know, just grill him with questions. How do you do this? How do you do this? It's going to be an hour 38. You don't even. Dude, I don't think you have to ask that much. He likes to. He just goes. Yeah. Dude, yeah. His presentation at the seminar was great. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to him, I think, two years ago on that seminar, but it was, he was having some connectivity issues, I think, and it was a little, I didn't get a lot out of it. 
but dude's got some good good golden nuggets. It's been doing it for a long time. What twenty five years, thirty years, something like that. And yeah. he went from Charlie Francis and Louis and. Dude, yeah, I had a, I mean, two of the most top-notch people you could ever be underneath. Like, holy moly. He's still around today. Francis is still around today, isn't he? Isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I think he's with I the Arizona know. Cardinals. I don't know that much about him, except for, I think you're talking about Buddy Morris. Buddy Morris, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you trained so with him, but he was under him, too. Yeah, that's who. Uh, okay. That was his yeah. college strength. That's what it was, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to learn from Buddy. Oh, old buddy. I think um, Nate worked with Buddy at University of Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Speaking of which, we've completely segued away from him when we were talking about Conjugate You, that book. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read that book. I probably should. It's a good book for like if you train athletes and you want to do a conjugate type style within a like. With when you have a lot of kids working with a lot of kids, like 30, 40 kids in a room, and you need to be effective right. and efficient. It gave me a lot of ideas. So I really like that book. Shout out, Nate. But I was what I was going to say about his is he did, he did like a max effort day, but then in the in between, so he didn't do like a max effort rest, max effort. It was like max effort, dynamic effort, uh, usually a recovery day on Wednesday, and then like another dynamic on Thursday, and then a max effort on Friday. Um, usually it was like max effort, lower, dynamic effort upper then a rest day then dynamic lower and then max effort max effort upper so i think he was trying to like i don't know man the 48 hours in between really throws off the the routine jesus christ does it work well it seems it doesn't work what say it again i'm sorry it does work well it does work well yeah well i mean the science would say that it works well <laughs> if you just read the book <laughs> It says extreme workouts, 48 to 72 hours. And I think a lot of people out there are making their workouts extreme without realizing they're making them extreme and then try to go really hard the next day. And they're like, they got nothing in the tank. So for all you guys out there, all you gym bros out there, just take a, just, it's okay. Take it, take a couple days and then go smash it again on Thursday. But I think you mentioned it a couple of times. People like to live their life around that five day a week schedule. So they feel like they have to go every day or every other day, get it all in. Oh, man. About a rabbit hole. That's, that's a whole different psychological thing we can get into. Those are the people waiting for the weekend. Oh boy. Right. They're running the, the race. have to work out Monday through Friday are the people stuck in the matrix. Yeah. They're running the race. They're running the race. I run in the race. They haven't figured out the cheat code yet. You can train on Saturday and Sunday, guys. It's okay. Oh, they do that too, probably. Don't worry. Yeah. I had a kid one time that was like, I'm going to train here, and then I'm going to go to EBI afterward. I'm going to train there. And I'm like, what? Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> what are we doing? He's like, yeah, okay. I, I train seven days a week. I'm like, you don't need to. You're, you're a kid. You don't <laughs> You don't need to. I have to lift four days a week, guys. Well, he was probably like, not more than that. Yeah. He was just, I was like, dude, you're going to run yourself into the ground. He was like, nah, I'll be fine. You got to be really good with periodization. No, it was just, it's just, it was, he wants to be the next, he wants to be a bodybuilder. And so he feels like he needs a lot because he watches all these videos. And I'm like, yeah, you don't. But so he didn't like my programming because I gave not enough. I didn't give enough. Fun fact. The larger the muscle gets, the longer it takes to heal. Yep. More tissue, more damage, longer recovery. That doesn't make sense, though. Come on now. And it kind of does. Does to me and you. Especially if you're not 
pushing enough food. Uh, I don't want to talk about nutrition this week. It's been not fun. Well, I just mean like anyone who's like, oh, I'm bulking. I'm like, really? Are you though? Have you have you gotten to the point where just you stop getting hunger cues and you don't want to eat anything and you just force it down anyway? Correct. Yeah. I told kids that was my college baseball experience because my coach said I was 145 when I came in and he's like, uh, you have until December to get to 185. If you don't, don't come back to campus because I was a walk on anyway. So he was like, just don't come back. I was like, okay. Luckily, I had a great roommate who was really into the bodybuilding thing and really liked to train that style. And I was like, dude, I need help. We need, I help me. Like, I need to gain weight. And he's like, I got you. Don't worry. So, put on 40 pounds in about six months. It was crazy. He, anytime he saw me, he was like, if you're not, if you don't have food in your hand, I'm going to be pissed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sounds good, man. So it was just, I mean, it wasn't good. I wasn't what eating good food, but food? people don't even know. I don't even know if they know what a lot of food is. I don't, I don't, I wasn't great at counting how many calories I was eating back then. I just know that like what you said, I got to the point to where it was like, if I didn't have a glass of water in my hand to try to force food down me, it wasn't going, it wasn't going down. Cause it, it's like you said, I just was not like, I'm not hungry, but I know if I don't eat. I'm not going to stimulate anything. I'm not going to grow. That's a fucking goal, man. Yeah. And like, Sometimes it's not about wanting to eat. It's about having a goal. Yeah. And that's, that was my goal. I was like, I want to play college baseball. I want to get there. And I, he told me I got to gain 45 or 40 pounds. And I was like, here we go. So forcing those chicken tenders and fries down me about every day with some water. Just pushing food, man. I wish I would known about rice noodles before. Yeah. Well, I had the unlimited cafeteria plan, so it was at least nice. I could just eat whenever I wanted. Right, but rice noodles are so caloric-dense for such a small amount. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Get a lot of carbs for a little amount of food. And they're delicious. They are delicious. I will agree with you. Yeah. I, I like the the one where people are like, well, I just don't want to get too big. I don't want to look, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. I don't want to get Good I'm, luck. I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So <laughs> let's let's just like like it's. I think you said it one time on the podcast. It's like we have to get you to an adequate adequate level of eating before we even get close to like what you're talking about. So like, let's just eat adequately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you're not gonna you're not gonna be huge. Like, don't panic. We're not. You're never gonna look like those people. I would say nine times out of ten, I give people more calories and they end up losing more weight. It's incredible. It's incredible. People have such a mental block with that concept. I get to eat more and lose weight. They're not using the lens of efficiency. Correct. Or they've body fat is inefficient weight because it's stored energy because your systems don't know when it's going to get the energy that it needs. Well, feeding it the energy it needs when it needs it will probably then dictate that it doesn't need to store it. Yep. It uses it. Right? logical am i am i going it, too fast no it would seem logical but we live in the well, diet how it works. diet trend and diet culture of the world where you give your body the nutrients it needs carbs hold on to the fat that it thinks that it needs carbs are bad that is stored energy fat's bad carbs, carbs bad. bad they're all they're all needed everything is needed everything's needed that's why i tell them i don't think you can eat too much protein I tell I people that too, because uh, the people think it's possible. people will send me macros and they're like, "I went over on my protein today," and I'm like, 
nice. cool. Like, nice job. Gain City. Here yeah. You go. I was like, that's awesome. They're like, really? They're like, I'm like, if you're going to. The next gonna... thing I look at is how much fat did you eat? Yeah. I'm like, if you go over on any of these, we definitely want it to be protein. Like, don't panic if you go over on protein. We're going to be fine. Yeah. But if you go over on fat and protein and carbs, then we might have some issues. We might have some issues. I've noticed. the carbs and fat off. But people don't really get, I don't think. Right. 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 People are always like, oh my gosh, my fat is so high. And I'm like, well, you have to like look at what you're eating. They're like, how do I get my fat down? Dairy will do that. I'm like, yeah, dairy's pretty bad. Fried foods are pretty bad. Like we kind of have to avoid those a little bit. But you know, carbohydrates and fried food too. Fat fried foods that appealing that much anymore. Like fries are pretty good, but so as good as I've been eating this week, I ate Chick-fil-A twice because I just was like, nice. well, I mean, I'm at the hot. We have gift cards and it's like, we need to use them. So I'm going to go get Chick-fil-A. And like, whatever you want. Could have like grilled chicken. I know. I ate the chicken sandwich. <laughs> and I no, seriously, I was like, God, I feel dead. Like I was tired. Awful. I'm like, God dang it. So when I go back now to the hospital, I'm going to grab some of the pre-made chicken. I meant to take it and I forgot, but I'm going to take some of the pre-made chicken that we have chicken and rice and just warm it up when I get there. I'm going to have me some chicken and rice noodles after this. Yeah. How the fuck do people go all day without eating? Dude, I haven't eaten since I got done with my workout at like, what time was that? Well, I guess I ate at nine o'clock. I'm so hungry after I eat. I'm just like, I feel terrible right now. God, I need food. People function like this. No. Like, I've been noticing when I don't get enough sleep, how bad I feel. How it just changes everything. I'm like, holy fuck, this is terrible. Someone asked me, they're like, are you going to like still train when your daughter comes that week? And I'm like, uh, don't know what I'm going to do. Probably some FRC work and things like that. Cause like, I can't really leave the hospital, but like my sleep Hard is every hour on the hour. I've been doing a lot of it. I've just been doing like getting the floor, pails, rails, cars. You're not following the program. What the fuck, dude? Sorry, dude. I'm trying here. Come on now. Probably your deload week, anyways. I didn't even look at it to be really fucking honest with you. I did not even look at it. Doesn't surprise me. You're not dedicated. Shut the hell up! I will fight you right here. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, you're gonna have to drive or fly or something. I don't know if you can afford that. Yeah. Uh, you waiting? Can't fly. I'm not gonna fly back out there. Actually, if I ever come to Denver again, you better believe I'm flying. I'm not driving through Kansas again. Why is my camera so <laughs> Kansas sucks. Yeah, it's the Missouri's absolute. Missouri's not like Kansas. No. Oh, just what I assume. It's that's what's east of here. So I just like it's probably the same. No, it's not even close. It's not. We actually have hills and trees and things. Oh really? <laughs> you got more shoreline than California. Yeah, you know, land of lakes. What can I say? It's awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's Minnesota. It's not. It should be Missouri. They just have a few big ones, you know. Should be Missouri. A few big ones that are so fucking big they're like ocean. <laughs> I haven't I been there ever. Or no, where is this? This was like the Hancock building in Chicago, right? On the 96th floor at this bar. And you look out, and that fucking lake looks like a goddamn ocean. Wow. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, I think it's cool when they freeze over. Forever. Yeah. All the people that go out there when they're frozen and stuff during the winter, and I'm just like, that's nuts. That's so cool. Right. That is. Do, do the Ozarks freak over? They don't, do they? Uh, no. No. The, the, the creeks and things will, but 
Wait, what, is it no? humid there? Yes, very humid in summertime. Yeah, no go. Yeah, I sweat a lot in summertime. Hard pass. That's why I liked Arizona because it was just dry heat. It was hot, but it was dry. That's what we have. Yeah, I can handle that. I'm actually. People are like, "It's you're gonna die out there," and I'm like, "It's actually better." Like I hate to say that, but it is dry, arid climate here. Yeah, can actually breathe out there. So some people say the opposite, but yeah. God, I don't think so. I'd trade Arizona heat for Missouri heat and humid any day. When I was in Florida, which is you know, oh my August, god, a lot of humidity. Dude. I would take a shower before I went to bed so I could be you know not sweaty for eight hours after I got clean. Yeah, Florida is not. I couldn't live there. Florida, Georgia, any of that. I, South Carolina, no freaking way. Oh, South Carolina's like that swamp. It's just a swamp. Yeah, like Charleston's literally built on a swamp. <laughs> It looks nice. It was funny because, do you know, like Georgia, when it was settled, um, it was not even a, like, no one wanted to live in Georgia, essentially, when it was first, one of the first 13 colonies. It was just like, eh. It was one of the first 13. It was the shittiest one. It was definitely, so the guy that founded it actually founded it on a base of, like, being a good human being, like, no drinking, no alcohol. If you lived there, you couldn't drink alcohol and things like that. So a lot of like good people moved there, but no one wanted to live in Georgia because of the climate. So hmm. yeah, everyone wanted to live in, Vir- everyone wanted to live in Virginia because of all the profit that was there. Good old tobacco plant. Backy tobacco. I saw one time said that's how native Americans got back at the United States of America by producing the tobacco plant and killing everybody off with cancer. I was like, wow, that's a harsh take. <laughs> Jeez. This guy was a little harsh. Yeah. But very vengeful. Yeah. We'll show you blankets. Oh, dude. I don't even want to get into that. That's just holy cow. What about Marco Polo? Yeah, that guy doesn't get Columbus, not Marco. Columbus, yeah, killed everybody off, but nobody gets talked about that guy. We have a day that celebrates him, but it's like, ah. I mean, he eliminated most of the Native Americans that he came in contact with. That's why. Yeah, I mean, history's written by the victors. Right? Yeah, I mean, the Spanish, oh my lord, the Black Plague and all that crap. Holy moly. You should read some of uh, Columbus's like journal entries. They're dark. They are dark. Sure they are. Yeah. It's not like he was a good person. No. He was talking about how he yeah, could conquer him. He was him. so fucking dumb. He thought he was in India. How about the one, how about Hernan Cortez when he came in contact with like the Aztecs? And he had 50 men and a couple cannons and killed over 2 million people. Great. With 50 men. They they slaughtered everyone. Crazy, dude. That's the Spanish. They took no prisoners when it came to conquering. Really want to go down this this road? Because Genghis Kong. Oh, dude. I I love the Mongols, man. Have you ever listened to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History podcast? Yes, love it. Love it. Talking about the the roads were so filled with blood and guts <laughs> that there was like a film, yeah, and that there was mountains of bones that looked like they were just white mountains in the distance, and there's just bones. Yep. Just what piles the fuck of people are you talking about? They're riding on horseback with fucking bow and arrows that are like a hundred and sixty pound pole. Wait, you can do a 160-pound row with one arm while you're riding a horse? Those people were crazy. I can't even fathom. 
Although, I will say this, at least the Mongolians gave you an option. Annihilate or assimilate. They, they let you live. Yeah. yeah you, you either get with the program or get out. Done. Yeah. They, I mean, the, the Chinese, I mean, a lot of the Chinese decided to like, yeah, we maybe we should just assimilate with these people because... I mean, I would have. Or yeah, because their empires wouldn't. We wouldn't know anything about those people. Because the Mongolians not only killed you, they wiped your existence off of the record books. Like they were like, eh, these people are never going to be remembered. We're just going to completely destroy you, you everything. Bend the knee, or it's never happened. Oh, let's not talk about Game of Thrones. Let's not go there. It was more than a Game of Thrones. I know, I know. Yeah. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Are you a Game of Thrones guy? Of course. Did you read the books? No. <sighs> There's a good non-business book read for you to read. I think that's a lot. It's a big, big investment. Yeah, I mean, ten pages here and there. Here and there. The series actually did a good job until like they didn't. So <laughs> I have a hard time not reading things that help me. It helps my brain decompress when I read like sci-fi yeah, and things. More that, but I'm not good at it. Yeah, I'm not either. But like, how is this going to make me more money? That's all you think all the time, 24-7. Yeah, money buys you fucking freedom, dude. What do you, you think I want to do this the rest of my life? Um, I want to be done at 40. 40? Do whatever Ooh. I want. You got eight years, yeah. nine years to make that happen? Yeah. Ten? How old are you? Seven. Seven and counting. Seven years. All right, we'll see. In seven years, everyone, you will see or hear no longer from this if man. This shit happens. You know, I'm gonna fucking just post this everywhere. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Just not even say anything. Just post a picture of you with the middle finger up and just send it around to the world. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Got a million followers on Instagram or something stupid. I don't care. Uh, I want to make enough passive income. I don't have to worry about ever doing anything I don't want to do. Yep. My goal is to... Isn't that what everybody wants? Doesn't everybody just want to be able to do whatever the fuck you want? Yeah, because you only have so much time on this planet. Right. So why do I want to spend more time figuring out problems? My goal is to retire my wife. If she wants to not work, she doesn't. She can have that option. That's the goal. Well, that's like a necessity once I have one of those. Like there's one of us is not working. Yeah. Well, my hey, getting my wife convinced to not work is going to be a tough one. But I think that... Well, I mean... Someone has to stay at home with the kid. I think that's defaulting to me. <laughs> the, the way the way our schedules work, you know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't care if I had to raise a kid because I could still make money however I want. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to work out that way. So, I'm going to spend a lot of time I mean, with I think dad. it's a bad move on whatever parent's part decides to work all the time because that kid's not going to like you as much. Yeah, it's going to be like... She goes to school. I get the baby during the middle of the day. She comes home, gets the baby at the night at nighttime. So it's going to work out pretty well. That could work. Yeah. I keep seeing this meme. Like the only people that remember you work late 20 years later are your kids. Yeah. Oh, dude. I saw that same thing. Ooh. That hurt. Yeah. That hit me. I'm like, I don't want that. I want to spend as much time as I can with the little turd. Right. That's why I'm trying to get retired here before I start making any of those things. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make money. Get the heck out of here. Go on cruises that are year long. That would be sweet one time. Just one time. Yeah, just one time. You don't got to do it again. (laughs) Go in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, and have my fucking compound. God. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting things. Starlink should be ripping and roaring. I won't have to worry about internet. Yeah. Exciting things coming down the pipeline in EAP, hopefully. Come on, Elon. Elon, get that Starlink happening. 
Yeah, good luck. We can't even. Good luck. It's already there. Well, we just gotta activate it. You have to get the funding for it, also. No, you buy the thing, and he fucking just lets you know when it's available. Oh, that's gonna be expensive. What funding? He he's making the internet available to everybody in the fucking world. Good luck. Not luck. He's doing it. Yeah, but go I, to the website. I'm just saying. I don't know that it will ever happen. Why? Because there's regulations. Just like he didn't save free press. Not yet. He hasn't saved it yet. What are you talking about? I mean, there's still people out there that... He has the only platform where you can actually say whatever you want and not get in trouble for it. Oh, okay. You're looking at it from that standpoint. I see what you're saying now. I'm with you. He's looking at it from a different... trying to provide the entire world with internet so that nobody can has to go without. That's fair. That would be cool. He's trying to get us to Mars in case we ruin this place. Also would be cool. Like, what is this guy not doing to make humanity better? He talk about leaving it better than you found it. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely the epitome of a human rights person, I feel like, but a lot of people individual. a lot of people don't like him. So Well, those people are silly. Because he got too much money. <laughs> he earned it all. He I know. Shit. I know. That's one person if, if any than like ninety nine percent of the world. Of all the billionaires in the world that you could absolutely hate for any particular reason, and you pick this guy to be to, to hate this guy, I'm like, come on. Let's not hate Bill Gates. I hate Bill Gates. Absolutely he's, corrupt. He's a fake philanthropist. That dude's yeah, so corrupt. fake. God. But, mm. Saves face with a lot of charity work, quote unquote. So a lot of charity work, I guess. He's also running Microsoft into the ground, but we won't talk about that. Is he running Microsoft? Or some other dude was. Well, I mean, he owns it still. He has controlling oh, interest. He? Yeah, he has controlling interest still. And he owns all the farms and all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, he's an interesting cat, Mr. Vegetarian. Whatever the frick he is, or bio plant, or whatever he's trying to make. Bio meat and what all that. Yeah. How we should all eat bio meat. Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just eat the bugs that they want to see. God. Freaking weirdos. Fascinating. Just like you. The ultimate rebellion is personal excellence. What's that? That The ultimate rebellion is personal excellence. Oh, dear God. The ultimate suppression is personal success. No, excellence, I said. Oh, I got you. Oh, well, I mean, they could. Excellence is the ultimate rebellion. The only way you cannot be influenced by fucking idiots is by treating... Being the best version of yourself. Eh, it's too easy. By default, means you're not listening to people. Well, no, I don't drink the Kool Aid. I don't want to listen to what the government tells me. I know. I'm just saying for anyone who's listening to this, personal excellence is literally default. The only way you cannot become an idiot. Step one: turn your television off. Step two: throw it in the garbage. Stop. Yeah. I don't listen. To, well, I think that's the yeah. listen to podcasts. But I watch sports. But you can filter propaganda commercials. But people don't filter what they listen to anymore. They just let everything come in, and it's like, yeah, it's not a good idea. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not a good idea. There's not a news company I trust anymore. So, Twitter. Other than Twitter. (laughs) Shout out. Shout out. I got 14 followers. Let's grow this bitch. 14. Nice. You're cooking. Whopping 14. I think I have 12. So you're doing better than me. Twitter's a weird space to get followers in. It really is. Hey, the podcast gets put there every time now because I paid for a check mark. Nice. That actually does work then, huh? 
does. Two-hour videos can be uploaded. Wow, that is a crazy sweet feature. Yeah. Everyone's been announcing their presidency on it, and Elon's like, it's the biggest way for you to get. Absolutely. I was scrolling through my shorts and saw your Make Merkins Great shorts only had one view, and I was a little disappointed. I was like, come on. Yeah, man, I'm not good on the timing with YouTube. And it's fucked up on the shorts. Even if I save it in the, the like portrait view, yep, like the way I post it on Instagram, yep, it won't post it that way on my YouTube Shorts. It zooms in and cuts off like you know, a third on each side. Unbelievable. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that yet. Unbelievable, freaking YouTube suppressing the people. I figure out how to use all these platforms. <clears throat> Substack seems to be doing pretty well. But... Is it gaining some traction for you? Dude, the weekly newsletter is always crushing it somehow. How many views are you getting on that typically? 60? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh. whatever. It's yeah, cool. whatever. Yeah, whatever works. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, I don't know. YouTube views were up to like seven last week. Hey, percent gains. That's what you're looking for. Percent gains. Sure. Yeah, as much <laughs> as I posted on my damn stories, you'd think I'd get a few more clicks. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm like, up, oh, Alex. Click, 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 click. Yeah, see, that's what happens. Everyone clicks through. I think. <laughs> maybe, maybe cut it in half. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe the people actually read it. Days where it's less. Because I'm just OCD, and I'm like, uh, just click through the stories. That's how I am. But yeah. I didn't think everybody was like me. I figured other people. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a game. I would imagine most people are like that. They just I don't, they don't want to see the, the, the pink ring. Listen to this podcast, please tell us in the comments if you click through Instagram stories as fast as possible to I'll get rid a, of the damn circles or if you actually watch them. I'll put a poll up. Do you actually watch Instagram stories or do you not? I'll put the poll up on the Spotify. On the I Spotify. mean, I'm only trying to get like... I could be like, if I could replace most of my clients with higher paying clients, I don't need more than 20 people. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I can get, you know, by the way, if anybody's wanting coaching, I'll take applications. I'm saying it'll work out, but I'll listen to what you have to say. Yeah. We're always looking. I, I can help you out some way. We do have guidelines and stipulations. We actually have a requirement to be a part of our coaching. We have, expectations. We have yeah, standards. Expectations. If you don't like those standards, then sorry. You can just buy a program. We have a program for that too. <laughs> if you don't want coaching and you just want results, you got that covered too. Shout out if you just hate us and don't want to communicate with us at all. Here's a program. Have a nice day. For all the people <laughs> listening because you don't want me to succeed, just download the app and try the free stuff then. There you go. Go that way. We'll see you in twelve only weeks. Option. We'll see you in twelve weeks. <laughs> They're only six week programs. It could, I mean, you really tally it up. There's what 30, 30 weeks in there. I think. I think there's thirty for years. Yeah. You get a whole more than a half years worth of training if you go download the Algo Performance Training app. app. So Google go. Play Store and Apple App Store. Yeah. Free, free yeah. training app. Literally, you make your own workouts in there if you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Doesn't cost you a thing. You can go do all your bro pumps at the gym by just using this free app. Yeah, just download it. It'll make you better. I promise. Well, you might actually have to read it. You can't just download it. They're like, wait, wait a minute. This is false advertisement. I download it. It's not doing anything for me. What the hell? Yeah. Start a program. See what happens. Yeah. Give it a shot. Got questions. Shoot me a DM. 
I wouldn't endorse this product, but I've been using this product for 18 months now. So I would say that you guys yeah, are... Exactly. I've been using it for 13 years. I got to use it when it was in its beta phase. And we were working out... He was working out the kinks. So... Yeah, we're still in that phase, I feel like. Yeah. So if you Someday, like... Dude, we're going to be big. This podcast is going to get millions of views. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would be nuts. I always... I still... To my... Like, uh, I still believe it's going to happen. I just continue to stay on... Stay on, on task I mean, with it. It might take us a decade. But we could get there. No, I don't care how long it takes. I'm... I remember I listened to Rogan before it was a thing. I got made fun of for it. Like you listen to the Fear Factor guy. Yeah, it's pretty entertaining. We got eight. Hey, we got eight plays last week. You know, so you got eight on yours, seven on mine. That's thirteen. Well, that's on that's on Spotify. Yeah, seven on my YouTube. So I don't know what YouTube did. Let's see. I think the shorter clips are better. Oh yeah, people doesn't want, don't want to watch a two-hour podcast. <laughs> Well, but the 15 second clips over the 45 seconds. Oh, okay. I'm with you now. I got you. I'm with you. I've gained a few subscribers. We're okay. We're doing all right. Nice. Yeah. Post on YouTube. Let's see. It got. Oh, I got eight views. Yeah. There you go. So we're up to like 21. Dude, the first episode got 54 views. What the heck? Come on, people. Same over here. I got like 50. They've gotten better. I promise you. Yeah, the sound quality is way better. Sound quality is better. <laughs> the conversation has gotten better. Like, I promise you. They've gotten better I since episode the conversation's one. conversation's gotten better, but... Yeah, I would say they've gotten better. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, we're going on two hours here, brother. I'm better. I think we're done. Maybe wrap it up a little bit. I think, but... I think the horse is cooked. Yeah. My brain is. I know I need to fucking eat. I'm starving. Sometimes I'm so hungry. Well, I got plenty like, of naps uh, I can take tonight. So, just being social is so exhausting. I just sleep two hour intervals right now. That's my I just two hour naps. Up an hour, down two hours. Up an That's hour. I used to sleep in like four hour intervals. Really? Yeah. Allegedly. Might have to look that up. If you followed my fucking Twitter, you would have saw my post about it. But... I thought I followed you on Twitter. I don't get on Twitter very often. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, thanks Twitter, for Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, I have an app. I have coaching slot. I have a slot or two open. Yeah, maybe we'll see after today. Yeah, we're we're always looking for new, new, new and better people to train. Always open to prospects. I'm not always looking for new people though. Well, true, but. I'm always looking for people that want. Everyone's welcome to apply. Yeah, exactly. I'm always. I'll I'll look. I'll look at your application, whether or not I'm ready to. Better than when someone applies and then doesn't respond to you. Like, wait a second, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I haven't had that happen, but that's interesting. Yeah. No, not yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that is about, but. Yeah. Well, we'll put the we'll put a link to all of our socials in the description below. We'll also put the link to. Hopefully, it'll work. It wouldn't let me link your uh, your. X endurance thing, it wouldn't let me link. But uh, if you use the code out global below, I have to give you the one that you have to use. I try. It's too long. Oh, no, I have a different one. I got you. I get. Okay, we'll try to link that in the description below. Fifteen percent off X endurance orders if you use the code out global. So, Alex said you sleep like a baby and you drool like a baby when you use their recovery stuff. So sleep stuff is crazy. So head on over there, give that a try. Yeah. Well, Alex, as always, hey, man, we gotta go eat. Pleasure. It's been fun. It's been real. Determined if it's been real fun yet. I don't know. Hey, it's been real fun. Okay, we laughed. We joked. We cried. Later, so spend four hours of my day on this. 
<laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. If you made it this far, we appreciate you sticking with us for two hours. See you. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Have fun with the kid, dude. Yep. Definitely go have fun with the kid. For that.